Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That Davis Show, we're lucky enough to be joined by John McClain. You can always hear him on Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. And also, he's getting extra bags at 104.5 in Nashville. Follow him at McClain underscore on underscore the NFL. How are you doing this evening, John? I'm doing great. Can't end my real job, which is working for the Houston Chronicle and covering the NFL for 45 years. I apologize. I was going to ask you that because I was looking at an article today and I, when I looking at your bio, I was like, I, I should say that. And I meant to ask you before the interview. So that's on me. I apologize. There's no but problem listen, at all. I want to bring you on because I asked my producer, executive producer, Ryan, I want someone from Houston to really break down the Deshaun uh, Watson situation. Cause I don't feel, I don't feel like nowadays we get regional people coming on sports uh, shows, especially national, you know, like it seemed, I feel like a decade ago, the national day, they have someone from Houston come on, let's just say ESPN and kind of break down perhaps with what's, what's going down out down there. Perhaps there has been, but I don't feel like I've heard it enough. So I, I wanted to start with this, John. One thing, a name that you've been hearing pop up a lot is uh, tech, the Texans executive vice president, Jack, Jack Easterby. And so who exactly, for anybody that doesn't know Jack Easterby, how long has he been with the team and how much of the, mis- the, the, the misfortune would you say that has taken place can be laid at his feet? First of all, Easterby was with the Chiefs and he went to the Patriots and he worked with the Patriots for six years as a character coach. And what that meant was he was an advisor for players. If players had a problem, they could talk to him about it. Bill Belichick trusted him enough. He wanted to know his opinion about players, not as a personnel expert, but as a people expert. And he was there for six years and I think he got two Super Bowl rings and everything worked out well. And then uh, his contract was up and and reportedly several teams were interested. The Texans had Bill O'Brien as the head coach who had come from the Patriots uh, working with Bill Belichick, not Jack Easterby, but Belichick recommended him to O'Brien. O'Brien got him hired as a senior vice president of team development. And that season of 2019, um, the Texans went 10 and 6, won the division for the fourth time in five years. And we didn't hear much about um, Easterby, even though O'Brien praised him a lot and how much he appreciated his input and his counsel. And then uh, the next offseason, after the 2019 season, when they beat Buffalo in the playoffs and then blew that 24-row lead to Kansas City in divisional round. O'Brien got the official GM title, even though he'd been performing the duties for a year. And then Easterby got a promotion to senior executive vice president of football operations. And last season, in that, in that season, O'Brien talked to us a lot about how closely he and Easterby worked that they made joint decisions. Well, that wasn't true because nobody told Bill O'Brien what to do because he had control of all personnel and coaching decisions. But still, he told everybody what a great job Easterby did and how they worked closely together and people didn't think much about it. And then when they started so badly and then when he got fired at 0-4, they made Easterby the interim GM and then Romeo Cornell 
the uh, interim head coach. And so people started to blast the Texans owner, Cal McNair, because he didn't fire Easterby along with O'Brien. Everybody wanted both of them gone at the same time. Well, Easterby was the right guy to be the interim GM. There was no complaint about him then. But uh, they were terrible, and people don't hear, don't like anything associated with New England because they think of Bill O'Brien. They wanted Bill gone. He was a subject of so much criticism. And now they've got Easterby back, and not only has Easterby got in really tightly with the owner, Cal McNair, the GM, Nick Casario, who came from the Patriots, and they're good friends. They worked together for six years. They became friends. Now they're working closely together. Casario has in his contract, like O'Brien, he has final say on everything. But Easterby's right there on anything involving football operations, including personnel, even though he's not a personnel expert. And so people don't like him. They want him fired. Uh, some of the players don't like that he's involved in personnel. They, really, he's involved. He's got his fingerprints in every part of the organization. And the, But when you got the owner on your side, that's the only one you need. Now he's got the GM on his side as well. And a lot of people think if they fired him that Watson would play. I don't know if it's true. We have not heard from Watson. We've only heard from sources close to Watson uh, leaking information in national media like at ESPN and NFL Network. And until we actually hear from Deshaun Watson about what he, we know what he wants, but why he wants it and if there's a chance it could be worked out and the thing is the new coach David Culley I feel terrible for him new defensive coordinator Lovey Smith all their coaches you know they came here hoping that Watson will change his mind at some point Culley offense coordinator Tim Kelly who Watson loves and wanted back uh, quarterback coach Pep Hamilton one of the best in the league coming off a tremendous job with Justin Herbert with the Chargers and then Josh McCown their third quarterback we think he'll be the assistant quarterback's coach and Watson loves him too so everything is set up to try to make Watson happy but at some point you need to meet with him and so far they haven't been able to communicate with him. That David Show right now I have on John McClain with me. You can always check him out with his writers in the Houston Chronicle. Follow him and McClain underscore on underscore uh, the NFL. So real quick before I shift to Deshaun, as far as Easterly, would you say that he's being scapegoated then? Because if, if you just pointed out, they had success in Listen, I'm, I'm in Chicago, so I don't have as far as with the Bears, there's no consistency when it comes to winning. Uh, and we kind of have someone, even I would say, can kind of compare to how you said with Easterly, we have Ted Phillips, who is actually the president, even though he's not supposed to have anything to do with the football operations side. But he's someone that people have been called on, have, have called for him to be fired. But he's been part of the organization since, since the 80s. But as far as Easterby, you're, are you kind of saying that it's more of the situation that this this year went south and people are blaming him? But overall, perhaps he doesn't deserve a. Uh, uh, some of the ire that he's getting from the friend, the fan base. Well, he, had, he hasn't been scapegoated, and he had nothing to do with what happened on the field. They had Watson play great. They had no running game, 31st in rushing, 32nd against the run, second-worst running team in team history, worst in team history stuff in the run. No offensive lineman played as well as he played in 2019. Easterby didn't have anything to do with that, but there's some people who have been fired. There's some people that he's telling what to do. 
behind the scenes that don't think he should be. So that's why people are so unhappy and want him fired, but he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's had any kind of impact on what happens on the field. But he's having an impact on what's happening off the field. But, you know, people are hoping that Casario will take Super Bowl rings and being with the Patriots for 20 years and being long overdue to be a GM, that he has that control for the first time in his career. They're hoping he knows what he's doing. Now, where did, and again, you, you pointed out, so I get, I'm asking for your opinion. But where did the relationship perhaps between Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson, if it did, start to dissolve? And is that really it? Would you place a lot of what's going on with Deshaun beginning with Bill O'Brien and then to Cal McNair? Or is it solely do you find it to Cal McNair? Yeah, it has nothing to do with O'Brien. Watson praised O'Brien all the time. Every time there'd be talk about O'Brien being fired, he would come to his defense. Deshaun Watson's a great guy. Yeah, he he. We asked him about Eric Bieniemy near the end of the year. He praised the heck out of him, even though he admitted he never met him, only mm-hmm. to shake hands after a game. I asked him about Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, who he talked to after the second time they played. He praised him, even when we were doing a story on Jack Easterby. He praised him. So it's not in Watson's nature to be negative. That's one reason people are so shocked here because it's just so undeshawn Watson like. We could understand James Horton, James Harden, scorching the earth on his ex. Because that's James. James came late, out of shape, didn't play well, didn't play hard, and then ripped the team, and he got what he wanted going to Brooklyn. I don't see Watson doing that. That's just not his personality. He's such a good guy, and he's respected by everybody. Everybody in the organization loves him. People cover him, love him. Fans love him. His teammates do. And that's why they're adamant that they're not going to, to trade him because they're holding all the cards considering he's under a $156 million contract through 2025. That David show here with John McClain. Follow him at McClain underscore on underscore the NFL. Listen, you brought up Deshaun's character and that's somewhat, not not as much as usually, and being a, a brother, not as usually how brothers get hit, but you have, for instance, Dick Vermeil and Brett Favre. Uh, Dick Vermeil came out and questioned his character, uh, and Brett Favre basically told him to shut up and play. Uh, is is that starting to be the consensus with the fan base, or has what Deshaun Watson has done up to this point uh, been too much for, for this incident to, to, to totally harm what people view as him being a, a, a good person in general? I run every Friday a mailbag, and uh, I run like, gosh, 200 inches of fans and 90% of them are blasting Cal McNair and Jack Easterby and there's about 10% that are ripping Watson and I think those are probably people based on what they say who own businesses or who are general managers that say you are paid to play not to make decisions and I tell people I get that on my talk shows I said times have changed you know what the NFL does not want to be like the NBA where a couple of agents and a couple of players control so much. The NFL is run by the owners. Baseball is run by the union. The NBA is run by the players, players. And agents. And so the NFL doesn't want that. And so and there's nobody can question Watson's integrity. For whatever reason, he wants to be traded. And But until he says so, I know it's true, but until he says what the reasons are, I'm going to be baffled. I want to hear it from him. I don't want to hear it leaked from anonymous sources is close to him. Mm. So look, speaking of anonymous sources, and I'm sure with your connection to the Chronicle and, and radio, you, you, I mean, again, I'm not asking you 
to tell, I don't want you to say something that's false or hasn't been corroborated, but still just your feeling. Because when you start to hear that the, the fracture between Cal McNair and, and Deshaun Watson, you, you ask yourself, what could it be from a player to just sign his contract? Even though, to be honest with you, in the NFL, you have to get the guaranteed money when the guaranteed money is offered regardless. Like, you you have to. But is this from a broken promise uh, of a player wanting to have more input? Uh, or is this because the franchise is dysfunctional? Or has there been something disrespectful and me being black on on a racial side, has that been inferred when it comes to Watson and Kyle McNair at all? I haven't heard anybody say anything racial. I mean, the Texans, well, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there because it's this, anybody knows anything about the Texans and who they've employed through the mm-hmm. years, including Watson as the quarterback, 156 million. No, Watson's never said anything about that. We run pictures in the Chronicle of them hugging, shaking hands after games. Watson cried when he got his contract and uh, everybody was so happy for him. Here's all I think I know. Watson told us with about three weeks left in the season that he had Talk to Cal McNair about what kind of head coach they're going to hire. Were they looking offense, defense? He said, we're looking for the best one. we got to get a general manager. The general manager is going to oversee that search, and he'll make the decision, and then Cal McNair will sign off on it. And then Watson told us a couple times he had been in contact with McNair about some couple of coaches he'd like to see interviewed. And when we interviewed him on our last Zoom, I asked him a couple questions about the GM, and he never said anything about the GM. It was all about the coach. And uh, we ran names by him, like Eric Bieniemy, Matt Eberflus, Arthur Smith, some others. And he doesn't know those guys personally. He had Robert Sulla on his list, even though he doesn't know Robert Sulla because he's heard good things about him. And so um, the first negative thing we heard was when Nick Casario was named GM, Watson put out a tweet that he deleted. It said, some things never change. And we thought that meant going back to the New England well, so to speak. But we don't know. And then shortly after that, a source close to Watson told ESPN that he was upset he had to learn about the GM on on social media. Mm-hmm. So the GM thought that it was all about the coach like we all did and he sent an apology for the miscommunication you know usually somebody apologizes that's good usually you talk about it but uh so i can't imagine sean watson would put himself in a position to be forced to retire, which he's not going to do, or mm-hmm. lose millions and millions of dollars because he found out about Nick Casario on social media, which a GM hire you'd think he'd be fired up about, and he might be. And I think if he met David Cully, he'd be fired up about Cully. Cully has really, really impressed people since he got this job. But you got to sit down and do one-on-one communication, and so far, Watson hasn't agreed to do that. But uh, as far as what's going on, I'm sure Jack Easterby's got a lot to do with it, considering what Watson said at the end of the year without naming him. People think they got a lot more power around here than they do. Andre Johnson's uh, tweet about uh, Jack Jack Easterby, nothing good happened in the organization since he walked through the door, which is kind of unfair because the first year they did win the division at a playoff game, but they bombed out last year. And so um, uh, I don't know what what's I just don't know if I didn't know, I would say it, but I mm-hmm. don't know exactly what the issues are with Watson. Listen, uh, that Davis show here with John McClain. Always check out his articles from the Houston Chronicle. Let me ask you this, John. Best case 
scenario for Deshaun Watson as far as if he's traded? Where do you think uh, he should land? But also, flip that. Best package for the Texans if he is moved. What what are what's the fans craving uh, with perhaps a rebuild coming or perhaps reloading, depending on which offer they would sell would take if they decided to, to move in that direction? First of all, they say we have zero interest in trading him and and. Why would they? The guy's a great player. He's a pillar of the community. Yeah, you you draft. They haven't had this kind of quarterback since they tra- the Oilers traded Warren Moon in Minnesota after the '93 season because the new salary cap was kicking in and they didn't know what they were doing with it. So you wait all those years, and I tell people selfishly, I covered every game, every practice Warren Moon had. I've covered Dan Pastorini, Kenny Stabler, Moon, Steve McNair. Uh, match job and now Watson and I've never covered a quarterback I had more fun watching and covering than Watson so I'm hoping they don't trade him but if he can convince them like in a conversation sitting down with them that he's willing to to take it to the limit then I think they should trade him and there's only one team you can trade him to and that would be the Jets that way you're guaranteed of getting the second best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence I'd even call Urban Meyer and I'd say hey Urban would you like to have Deshaun Watson for the first pick? You have a proven product. We don't care if we play him twice a year and we'll draft Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know what they'll do because we speculate on it all the time. But the Jets have two ones and two twos. They they have the second overall pick. This is what I've been proposing. They get the Jets number one and number two this year and next year. And their two best defensive starters, Quentin Williams and Marcus May. And then they let them throw in Sam Darnold and Darnold's the starter until the rookie is ready to go. Maybe it's the first game. Maybe it's the fifth or tenth game. And then they trade Sam Darnold for a pick. And that would make the most sense. But then people are going, well, it'd be a lot more than that. Whoever gets Deshaun Watson, if they trade him, it's got to be painful. And that trade made for Matthew Stafford, that's chicken feet. (laughs) Ought to be able to get for Deshaun Watson, a great quarterback who's 25 years old. Pillar of the community under contract through 2025 so john i guess we don't have anything up here up north in the city of chicago that yeah i know i wouldn't i wouldn't either take anything that we have with these picks and these high salaries i had to i had to put it out there because you know we've wanted him for we wanted him in the draft john just to be honest with you for the most part like it was it was evident he was the guy just from everything he did versus alabama and clemson that you should have drafted him so you know we have an affinity for deshaun watson up here in the city of chicago look sticking with the text i want to ask you about another pillar of that franchise and that's that's jj watt what, what's the future for jj watt and the texans he has one year left on his contract at 17.5 million. I think he's gone. It's a matter of whether it's a trade where they just release him and let him go where he wants. Presumably, it'd be to Pittsburgh to play with his brothers and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, any team that gets him in a trade is probably going to want him to redo his contract to lower that cap figure. Right now, there's projections that the SAP cap is going to go up to 185. If it were 185, Texans would be 7.1 over the cap, and that would his 17.5 would wipe that out and give him a lot of money to spread around. So that's what I think, and I think if Watt 
were to come out publicly and say he wants to be traded or released to go to a Super Bowl contender. Fans here wouldn't like it, but he's meant so much to the city, not just because of what he does on the field, but everything he's done off the field. I think people would certainly understand. That David Show with the Houston Chronicles, John McClain. Two more questions before I let you get out of here and get on with your weekend, and much appreciated. Uh, one, we're in Chicago now, perhaps be in the Carson Wentz uh, scenario. Your thoughts on if the Bears acquire Carson Wentz? Wentz has been a great quarterback at times, been a really good quarterback at times. Seems to me he needs to change scenery. When they drafted Jalen Hurts, who I've been following him since he was in high school here in Houston, and it looked like, and I saw somebody wrote this, that he spent too much time, say, looking over his shoulder. He needs to get out of there. It needs to redo that contract to make it more tradable with a chance to make up the money he redoes in bonuses. But he's still got a chance to be great because he has been. And a lot of guys are off. Like if the Bears said, we don't want Deshaun Watson because he had a bad game up here this season when Mitchell Trubisky outplayed him. You know, he's that's not the case because you've seen him be great. And if you go back and if you put a highlight film of Carson Wentz, it's a pretty impressive highlight film. Mm. No doubt, no doubt. Last one, your Super Bowl picks, and perhaps even if you got an MVP, who you got winning the Super Bowl, and who would you have winning MVP? To me, it's you can't go wrong Super Bowl. You know, who doesn't love Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Chance, first chance to defend the title, first team since the Patriots after the 03 and 04 season. But Bruce Arians never won a Super Bowl, was retiring, then had health issues. And if Brady wins, I'm fine with it. I've covered every Super Bowl he's had. I'm not covering this one. That's a great story, too. But I picked the Chiefs 31 to 27. I have Mahomes as MVP because I never, ever pick against Patrick Mahomes. I don't care where he's going. And that first game he had against the Bucs when they won at Raymond James Stadium, three touchdowns, no interceptions, I think it's 456 yards. And if Tyreek Hill hadn't dropped a bomb, he would have had almost 530. I think uh, he could light him up again. Bucks playing at home, first time in history, but they were 5-3 and three at home this year. So they might be better off playing on the road. <laughs> John, listen, I really appreciate it. You have a terrific weekend, man, and stay healthy out there, man. Much My appreciated. pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. No doubt.